Singh spent 25 years on the PGA Tour and is a lifetime member of the PGA Tour and PGA of America. Now he provides his unique perspective as a golfer and network broadcaster. It's time to go On the Range with Jay Delsing. On the Range is brought to you by Pro-Am Golf. Hey, good morning, St. Louis. This is Jay Delsing. I got John Perlis with me, and uh, welcome to Golf with Jay Delsing. Perley, good morning. Good morning, Jay. Good morning. Looking forward to another wonderful show here with some interesting interview. <laughs> right on. All right. We formatted around this show like a round of golf. The uh, initial segment's called the On the Range segment. It's brought to you by Pro-Am Golf, and we've got to give you our social media outlets. Twitter is at Jay Delsing. Facebook is Golf with Jay Delsing and Jay Delsing Golf. LinkedIn is just Jay Delsing. That's a lot of Jay Delsings, and we don't have we have an Instagram tag, but we don't know what it is. And anyway, okay, so we've got an interview today on our show. We've got an interview with Scott Langley. Scott, you, know, you chuckle, you chuckle when I say, and kind of pause and say, interesting. This guy's got some interesting stuff in there that I didn't quite know how to qualify. No, no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I didn't. Uh, I was thinking about something else. I won't tell you what that is, <laughs> and I'll just keep on going. Um, we um, I want to thank Bob and Kathy Donahue at Donahue Painting and Refinishing for uh, supporting the show. If you need any sort of work done on your show, on your house, on your show, or your house, we, or we your show house. The show, but don't put that on them. Right. Wow. <laughs> they just, they don't, they don't Please, Bob and Kathy, call me and help refinish my show. <laughs> Please help refinish my show. No, they do great work. <laughs> they are great friends. And I appreciate their support. Um, we're going to give a plug again to the St. Louis Junior Invitational to be held July 30th and 31st at Norwood Hills Country Club, stlgolfjr.com. That's how you get a hold of these folks. Seventy. They're looking for 72 uh, boys and girls ages 14 to 18 to play. Um, they have a Bob Phillips Shining Light Player Scholarship where they use GoFundMe pages and different sources of revenue to help families offset the cost of this thing. So do not let um, cost be the reason that you're not signing up for this event. It's a very cool event. Um, All right. So, Pearl, we have Scott Langley. A lot to talk about with Scott. We also have um, next week the tour starting. And we're excited as hell about that. I can't wait to get the PGA Tour back and running. So, Pearl, if you were to guess, in we have been out of golf for what over two months, right? So, what about nine weeks or so, something like seems that? Seems like it seems like a couple of years, but Doesn't that's it? probably about yeah, right. Somewhere, well, that's close enough for our show. We get it somewhere in the vicinity. Yep. How much money do you think prize money was lost throughout the PGA Tour? The Champions oh. Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour. How much money do you think was lost as that that the players did not get a chance to participate and play for? Yikes! I don't even know where to begin on that one. A lot. Yeah, it's a big number. It's like it's somewhere between a hundred and a hundred and thirty million dollars. So I got one for you. How much money to charity has been lost by the tour not? And I think, and I, and and you know what, John, I think that's a bigger, you know, we, we talk about that and, and, and we talk about that almost every show in some form or another. And that is, it's just a huge deal, man. It's just a huge thing that, um, um, where 
people are, you know, there's so many people out of jobs and there's just so much uncertainty. And, man, it's just tough when you have these charitable organizations that that really focus their entire efforts around one week a year. Well, the tradition oh. of it, the tradition of it, people looking forward to it. You know, we talk about this, the, uh, the volunteers for these events because they're so critical to the events, but they love it. I mean, they love it. They they anchor their their spring around it, maybe their whole year around it, and so they didn't get to do that stuff too. And I mean, this is just golf, right? This is just the peripheral stuff. There's so much more important, uh, heart, heartfelt stuff out there. But yeah, it's just all these little things that are getting missed. But maybe it makes us appreciate them more. So when we get to do them next time, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, a couple weeks back, we announced that. Uh, Normandy, Normandy Golf Club has been reopened. Our buddies at um, the Metropolitan Amateur Golf Association, uh, Kurt Roy and, um, and Tommy O'Toole Jr., along with the folks from Beyond Housing, uh, work together to get Normandy. They call it the Rock Open. And if you'll remember on the show, the Norm- Normandy was one of the first four courses in the city to be part of of the Missouri Golf Association in 1905. It's absolutely crazy, but I ran across a article in the St. Louis Business Journal that has the USGA-rated hardest golf courses in St. Louis, and it has them ranked. And um, Perl, the number one course on the list will not surprise you when I tell it to you, but it will surprise a bunch of our reader uh, listeners, I'm almost certain. the The hardest golf course in the area is Fox Run Golf Club. Well, I was that would have been my guess for sure. And what a I love that place, and it is hard. I mean, for those back tees, it's really hard. Oh, we got we got a big grin and Meat is shaking his head. Meat looks like a bobble doll right now over here. So Randy and I played Fox Run maybe a month ago. It was right around all this COVID stuff when it started. And I think it was on the back nine, one of the last holes, the green. Randy was on the left front side of the green, putted around. It took an entire loop all the way around and rolled off the right side. I did the exact same thing right after it. The greens there are atrocious sometimes. <laughs> They're maddening. They, they've got a lot of slope out there, don't they? And what a beautiful setting that golf yeah. course is out there. Yeah. The, club, the clubhouse is fantastic. You're talking about a great place at the end of the round to go have a beer or a glass of wine. Just wonderful. And I still, one of my favorite times caddying for you, Jay, is uh, when you went to uh, U.S. Open qualifying through there and, and made it and your mother – uh, walked uh, the whole 36 holes, and I think it was 112 degrees that day. I think she had calluses on her fingers from saying the rosary that day, didn't she, Pearl? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is that the thing she was dragging around? Oh, I, no, I mean, oh, man. My mom, so I can tell you exactly how old she was. She was about 77. Wow. And she plowed around there. And Pearl, how many times did she walk right down the middle of the fairway? And we were like, you know, she she couldn't hear for. Did she was trying to make the point that that's where you're supposed to hit it. You you never did understand. No, that. no, I, I'm trying to understand. <laughs> trying to tell you, I told my mom, mom, whenever I'm up first on the tee, the safest place you can walk is down the middle of the fairway. There's a lot of places I'll hit it, probably won't be there. So that's what she was doing. Um, 
A lot of great uh, courses on here, but here's what sticks out. Bell Reeve is, is rated number two hardest. Here's what sticks out in my mind that's really interesting, folks, and you've got to pay attention to this. Aberdeen Golf Club, the public facility, is rated number three. Aberdeen is a great place to play golf. There's some, I mean, I go up and down this list. The Country Club of St. Albans, which is really special to me, the Lewis and Clark course is, is tied for third with Aberdeen and Meadowbrook. Lake Forest is a, a good course out, out west. Peevely Farms is in the top 10. Another public, you know, golf course. So uh, lots of uh, uh, great stuff. I, I always struggle, John. When I, I'll, I'll go down the list, I'll read the top 10, but I, I, I'll, I'll make my point afterwards. Fox Run Golf Club is number one. Bell Reef Country Club, two. Aberdeen Golf Club and Country Club of St. Albans, Lewis and Clark course are tied for three, tied for third. Meadowbrook Country Club is fifth. Lake Forest is sixth. Peevely Farms is tied at seventh with Winghaven. The Country Club at the Legends main course is nine, tied with Old Warson. Uh, that rounds out the top ten. We've got Boone Valley, the Country Club of the Legends, Gateway National, Norwood, uh, all run out kind of the top 15. But I always struggled with those with people rating those courses, John, because I, I feel like they all present pro- <laughs> problems in different ways, and so much depends on where you play them from. Oh, I think that's true, but also what kind of what type of a player you are. So that's for probably where it can really kind of get under your craw. But, you know, person that hits it far versus the person that hits it shorter, person that hits it straight versus a little bit crooked. Uh, you know, I think these are always fun lists to look at, but I don't know how much stock you put in them. But those are all nice golf courses. I love when you point out how good some of the uh, uh, public courses are that you have. And I think most cities have that situation. There's a lot of great public courses around because the agronomy is so much better. They can make these places so much better. Back in the day, it, it cost them an arm and a leg, and they couldn't get there. Yeah, absolutely. They, uh, they, they, um, just around the city. When I grew up here, we had no public golf courses to play. There was Forest Park, was the main public facility in St. Louis, and then we'd have the one that I grew up on was public, but they called it a country club. It was called North Shore Country Club, which was a really lousy golf course, but a pretty decent place to go sleigh riding in the winter. And then they had another course up, <laughs> up north called Paddock, which is now called Old Florissant. But um, we've got some great public uh, golf courses and facilities, and I'm in the process of doing a, um, a putting a program together where I can get out there and maybe uh, interview the pros and talk to them and 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 boost them up a little bit. So it's a uh, um, uh, really kind of cool and really kind of fun uh, uh, idea to do. Well, I, think I love that idea, getting out there. And you, you've been plugging the, uh, and rightfully so, the uh, the junior event uh, coming up uh, July 30th, 31st. I wish you could get out there and interview some of those kids and some of their parents and guardians. I think uh, that would be some fun. And maybe we even do some whack chases out there. You know, Pearl, that's a good idea. Um, what we've got to try to figure out in this whole environment is what is deemed safe. You know, the... Um, it's 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 you you saw about a month ago or so at the um at the tailor made uh driving uh relief that you know the Steve Sands was interviewing everybody from six feet away. And yep. you know, whatever is uh right, whatever protocol we need to put in place we will, but it would really be fun to get a get a listen to some of the junior golfers and some of their perspectives about the game. I think it's just wonderful. And the next, you know, generation of people coming up and playing and supporting it. 
For sure, for sure. Yeah, so, um, gosh, I was thinking about um, our guest, Scott Langley. I was thinking about him, and um, um, what an interesting guy. The only player ever to get a PGA Tour card that came out of the first out of a first tee program. He came out of the first tee program here in St. Louis, which was always special to me, and made it out on the PGA Tour. That is pretty damn cool. He went Did you to, know him very well, Jay, as he was coming up? No, I you know, just age wise, Pearl, I am almost thirty years older than he is. So I def- definitely knew who he was. He's a left hander, swings the club beautifully. He went to the University of Illinois. He's a product of the Mike Small machine over there of great golfers. He was a went to Parkway South High School here in St. Louis. And so um, uh, we're going to get to go to him. You know what? That's going to wrap up the uh, On the Range segment. But come back. We're going to go to the Scott Langley interview, and that'll be on the front nine. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. This is Dan McLaughlin, TV voice of the Cardinals. St. Louis is one of the best sports cities in the country. We also have a tremendous history of supporting professional golf. We're excited to bring professional golf back to St. Louis with the inaugural Ascension Charity Classic, September 28th through October 4th at beautiful Norwood Hills Country Club. Legends like Ernie Els, Fred Couples, Jim Furyk, Steve Stricker, and many more will be in St. Louis. For tickets and sponsorship information, head to ascensioncharityclassic.com. That's ascensioncharityclassic.com. Are you tired of forking out the big money, all those dollars on golf balls? Well, we finally have an option for you. Let us introduce you to Sniper Brand Golf Balls. This brand new product is a Serlin covered ball that is just great to play. It's long off the driver, it's accurate with the irons, and importantly, it's soft around the green. And you know what the best part is? It's just $23.99 for a dozen. That's right, $23.99, and a portion of every sale goes back to a military or law enforcement agency. Find Sniper Brand online at thesniperbrand.com. Plus, you can follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and check out their entire line of golf products on their website, thesniperbrand.com. And don't forget to check out the Sniper Brand logo. You're going to love it. I want to give a huge shout-out and thank you to Whitmore Country Club for sponsoring my show, Golf with Jay Delsing, again for the second year. When you join out at Whitmore, there's 90 holes of golf. You get access to the Missouri Bluffs, the Links of Dardine, and the Golf Club of Wentzville, and the cart fees are already included in your membership. There's no food and beverage minimums. There's no assessments. They have a 24-hour fitness center, large pool complex, tennis, and they've just got great family-oriented stuff. And if you get over there, you got to go in the golf shop, and you have to say hello to my friend Bummer. Bummer is just a delightful guy that would love to help you and your family with your golf game. He and his staff out there run golf leagues, skins games, members tournaments, couples events are available all year long. If your family is looking for a place where you can hang out, have fun, enjoy good food, golf, sports, just a family-friendly atmosphere, you got to go to Whitmore Country Club. You can reach them at 636-926-9622. We're all experiencing very trying times right now, but hopefully we can reflect a little bit on the things that matter the most to us, like family and community. At St. Louis Bank, we want to wish you and your family safety and good health. We're a part of this community, and we are all in this together. In such uncertain financial times, you've probably never needed your bank to step up and support you more. We know, we hear you, and we are here for you. 
Our banking experts are doing everything they can to help. We're offering a skip a payment to all consumer accounts for mortgage loans and home equity line of credits. We're offering payment modifications with up to a six-month deferral. Our commercial and SBA loans will be handled on a case-by-case basis to provide the best relief for each unique situation. We understand that communication and speed are essential during this critical time. Get in touch with your commercial banking officer to take advantage of this program. If you'd like to speak with us, you can call 314-851-6200. We are going to move through this hardship, and we're going to do it together. St. Louis Bank, here for you when you need us today and in brighter days ahead. Grab your clubs. We're headed to the front nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The Front Nine is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Golf Classic. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I am your host, Jay. I got Pearly with me. We got Brad Barnes taking care of us with the buttons and the knobs over here. And we got to give a shout out to Whitmore Country Club for supporting the show again for second year. These guys are terrific. Um, man, the fact that you have 36 holes, the fact that you can go there, and you've been over me a couple of times in the last I haven't while. been. I haven't been. Can you turn Pearly's mic off for just a second? Anyway, um, did you not text Pearly last weekend when you and I went? Oh, yeah, exactly. I said to be quiet about that. Exactly. I said to be quiet about so, that. I, and bad. all those beers we had, we oh, were talking about man. them. It was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, the multiple cases of golf balls you yeah, gave me, too, before yeah. we played. And, 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 and I said to again, get Pearly asleep. Not a surprise. Once again, my, at my expense. Yep. I, I appreciate it. Yep, not a problem. Um, where were we? Oh, yeah, meet. How you doing? I'm great. <laughs> all right, cool. Um we got Whitmore. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show. The fact that you have 36 holes, here's how it's going. It's, it's almost impossible to not find a place to jump in and play. Let's say you show up at 530, mm-hmm. grab a beer, and there's, you know, you go at the back nine of the north, you go the front nine of the south. Bummers, what they do so well is they're like, yeah, just going out over there. Play nine holes, have a blast. Don't worry about it. And I feel like it's every couple holes. It's almost like you're on a completely new course. You'll be playing through some houses, then you're on top yep. of some water, then you're going uphill. It's just a gorgeous course with so many things to offer. Yeah, there's no food and beverage minimums over there. No assessments. A 24 hour fitness center. Pearly, this place is great, man. Yeah, next time, me, next time, me and I go over there. We'll take some pictures. We should have sent some pictures inside. <laughs> oh, we Pearly. should have. Oh, man. oh man. my gosh! You know, oh, well, maybe wow. next time we. Will. I even got a delicious cheeseburger halfway through that round the last time. You I wouldn't was have liked it there, though. So. Yeah, no. You know, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to team up with Bummer, and then you can bring meat, and then we'll see how that goes. <laughs> you got the wrong end of that one. <laughs> me turn his mic off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there's a large pool complex, tennis courts. Anyway, we just talked about Bummer. Guys, Whitmore Country Club is a great place to join. It's there's They offer everything for your family. It's family-centric. Um, there's nothing that um, if, if you have someone interested in tennis or uh, golf, clearly, but there's the, the pool, fitness, uh, it's a great place to join. Call them at 636-926-9622. Um, all right, so we've got an interview with Scott Langley, St. Louisan, Parkway South High School graduate, um, went to the University of Illinois. Mike Small will be on the show. He is one of the top golf coaches in the country, without a doubt. And they have put together a world-class golf program at the University of Illinois. Um, and a couple of distinctions. Um, so let's go right into this interview with Scott Langley. We're kind of in this 
holding pattern where we're, you know, social distancing and we're self isolating. And uh, it's a it's a strange world right now. How are you and, and Christy and Kennedy? I know you guys live in Arizona. Yeah, thanks. We're uh, we're doing fine. Um, it's definitely a, a big adjustment uh, for for us, as I'm sure for pretty much everyone out there um, getting used to this new normal um, for the time being. Our daughter is in uh, virtual school <laughs> and, uh, you know, so she she basically FaceTimes in with her teachers every day and uh, does does her best to continue uh, learning and doing school stuff. And, you know, my golf, as, as many of you probably know, is on hold um, along with all the other uh, major sports. Um, for the foreseeable future, you know, that the, it's a really weird time. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to really look at any uh, thing that's happened in our, certainly my lifetime, um, you know, that, that you could look at as a, a roadmap for how to deal with something like this, how to, how to, um, you know, make sure everyone's safe and, um, stop the spread and, and also think about, you know, how do we get back to, some sense of normal life. Um, it's really kind of uncharted territory for, for, you know, all of us. And, um, you know, you definitely see in that with the sports world. Scott, are you able to get out and, and play in practice at all right now? So the golf courses are open in Arizona. Um, but I haven't been going, I've been really weighing just, you know, what's the right thing to do. Um, and, you know, the, the, the thing about golf, you know, I, I still have a lot of time before our next tournament. They've come out, you know, to this point and said uh, basically like towards the end of May is when we're going to start playing again. So um, I, I kind of weigh these two, these two um, situations when I think about going out to practice. Number one, um, you know, the, the more important thing is I think practicing, uh, responsible behavior and, you know, like many people my age, um, there certainly have been exceptions. There have been people my age who have gotten really sick from this, but, uh, statistically speaking, people my age aren't super worried about acquiring this virus. Um, but it's about the older people in your life. Um, and, you know, we, without, you know, getting too deep into the weeds, we, we live in a condo building with many uh, older residents. Um, and even with practicing good social distancing, if I were to go to the golf course and practice and somehow come in contact with someone who had it and then come home and, you know, I'm in the elevator, I'm inevitably going down to the mail room. Uh, there are still some things I have to do. Um, I certainly would not want to give it to some, somebody in my building, someone that is, you know, an older person that could be, uh, a lot more at risk for developing some really bad, some bad things from this. So I've really been just trying to weigh, you know, doing the right thing. Um, and also like keeping in mind that, uh, you know, I, I do still have time to prepare, um, for, whenever my next tournament will be. Um, so I haven't been rushing back. I've been really trying to be smart and, uh, like I said, kind of do my part. 
Yeah, and that's, you know, there's as golfers, we're kind of on islands, so to speak, you know, where we're kind of out there by ourselves. But with what's going on in our country, it's hard not to see us kind of as a try to be a united front on this thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and um, you know, people look to athletes, um, not not necessarily myself, but uh, athletes with more of a following as, you know, uh, for, for better or worse, uh, examples of what to do. And I think you've definitely seen, you know, a lot of guys across all sports kind of step up and uh, creatively show the ways that they're trying to stay in shape and uh, you know, spend their time, um, at home, um, rather than going out and, uh, practicing whatever it is that they, uh, they, they do normally. Um, so hopefully that's helped to encourage, you know, people who don't necessarily play sports to still acknowledge like, Hey, this is a really big deal. And, uh, you know, even, even if, people's first priority isn't others. It's still, I think out of self-interest, I think it's still important to stay home because that's the only way life is going to get back to normal um, somewhat quickly um, is if this thing really calms down and we allow our uh, testing abilities and medical response to be able to kind of catch up to everything that's already happened. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Scott, has the tour said anything to you guys on the Corn Ferry Tour about um, how this year is going to shape up with so many events that have already been lost? Uh, th- there have been some some private conversations. So I I um, serve on the PAC of the Corn Ferry Tour. The PAC stands for Player Advisory Council. And, um, you know, a lot of that is, is – uh, is confidential stuff that they ask us to keep a pretty tight lid on it. Um, but you know, all I can, all I'll say is that the, the tour is run by some really bright and caring people and good people. Um, and they want to do the right thing. They want to do whatever they can to protect their players and their, um, their employees and the people that come to golf tournaments. Um, so, you know, they're, they're being really smart about it. I think, you know, there, there's, there's a good chance they've never worked harder on, um, you know, exploring all the many different ways they could, uh, you know, deliver golf as soon as possible. Um, you know, and, and the trickiest part is that the information with this virus seems to change every day. Um, something, some new little, nugget will come out or some new CDC guidance will come out. Um, so I, I really, I really uh, sympathize with the leaders of sports because you know that behind the scenes, they're working tirelessly to try and formulate a new plan. And then, uh, you know, the CDC can say one thing and it kind of, you know, torpedoes the plan they had worked on for the whole two weeks and then they got to start over. So it's uh it's a crazy time. Um, but, uh, you know, I can definitely say our, our leadership really cares and they're, they're really, they're good people. And, um, they're certainly going to do the right thing for, for all our stakeholders. Okay. That's going to wrap up the, uh, front nine. So come back. We'll wrap up the interview with, uh, Scott Langley 
On the back nine, John and Jay are here, and it's Golf with Jay Delsing. The 100,000 watt blowtorch for St. Louis sports, driven by Auto Centers Nissan, home of the 30 day return. WXOX and WXOS HD1, East St. Louis, 101 ESPN. Are you in the market for some new clubs? Maybe a bag and the latest style of sweet new shoes. Is this the year you decide to stop listening to your buddy's advice and get some real golf instruction? If any of these appeal to you, then go to Pro-Am Golf today. Pro-Am Golf has all the latest gear from all the major manufacturers. Call Steve today at 314-781-7775 and schedule a lesson with Tom DeGrand. Tom is the best. He's been in the game for over 50 years, so you take that knowledge along with their state-of-the-art equipment, and boom, your game will get a whole lot better. Visit them at ProAmGolfUSA.com. USA Mortgage is doing it again. Joe Schieser and his staff have lowered rates again this month, and they will waive closing costs if you want to refinance to get cash out, lower your rate, shorten your term, or eliminate that costly, unnecessary mortgage insurance. If you are purchasing a property, they can issue a pre-approval letter within minutes. They are the largest mortgage company in the state of Missouri, and their volume allows them to quote the lowest rates. Don't waste your time with the national online brokers. USA Mortgage is employee-owned and operated right here in St. Louis. Joe Schieser has closed over $500 million in loans in nearly 30 years in the business and over $2 million alone to Delsing's. We're halfway there. It's time for the Back Nine on Golf with Jay Delsing. The Back Nine is brought to you by St. Louis Bank. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got John Perlis with me. Um, And welcome to the Back Nine sponsored by St. Louis Bank. Um, Man, I I forgot to mention the Ascension Charity Classic, which sponsored the Front Nine. And they're... um, People are probably sick of hearing it, but we can't wait. Pearly, you're going to caddy for me. That event's going to be terrific. Um, let's go to the second half of the Scott Langley interview. Typically, Scott, this time of year is my all, all-time all favorite time because the Masters, this is Masters week that we're doing this, we're taping this interview. And, you know, the start of Major League Baseball has just begun, and we've got the NHL playoffs, and there's just, you know, great sport drama and and theater on tv and so now it kind of throws you back into um at least me you go back and think of some of the past things that you've witnessed and experienced just to try to get some sort of um fix on uh on the sports that that we're missing out yeah my my myself include uh, me too with that sentiment um matter of fact i was just texting uh one of my good friends about uh, the the rewind of the Masters that's going on today. Uh, the, the 2005 Masters where Tiger had the chip in. Um, I had actually never seen that live. I was playing golf at Peavely Farms when it happened, and my good friend who I was texting was working in the shop at the time, and he uh, he was sending out messages over the golf course GPS system updating all the players on the golf course as to what was happening. And uh, I remember he sent out a message in all caps that Tiger had chipped in. I think it was maybe to take the lead or to tie for the lead at the time uh, with, I think it was Chris DeMarco. And I was telling him how excited I was to watch it today because I never got to see it live. It'll be the first time I've gotten to see it kind of with all the uh, lead up and, 
and all the, uh, you know, events that transpired before uh, the chip-in. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to watch that. It's nice that they that they got together and um, were able to put together some some masters for us to watch from uh, from years past this week. Hey, Scott, tell us about your music background. I know that you uh, love music and that you play the violin. That's that is, I don't think I've ever. Um, I'm not sure I've ever met anyone that played the violin. I have a lot of friends that would like to, but I, I, one that comes to mind in particular, but she does not play it. It's one of her favorite instruments. But how did that all come about? Yeah, well, I uh, I think it's more accurate to say I played past tense the violin rather than I play currently. Um, but, yeah, I just I got started in it uh, third grade at uh, Oak Brook Elementary, where I, I went to elementary school, and in the Suzuki program, I uh, started learning violin, and um, just really liked it. I, a lot of my friends were in the class. Um, my parents encouraged me to continue with it, so I uh, I continued playing all through middle school and high school at Parkway South, played in the orchestra, and um, some of my, my best high school friends were in the orchestra, so it was really fun, and um, we got to play some some really fun stuff, some pop culture stuff. Um, I remember playing the Pirates of the Caribbean score one one year for a concert, and um, some stuff from movies that were really popular uh, at the time. And um, it was just cool. It was really challenging. Um, you know, the, the violin you have to be so precise. It it actually kind of mirrors the golf swing a little bit it, it, because. There, there are a few. There, there are quite a few variables um, with playing the violin. Um, the posture in which you hold it, uh, the angle at which you apply pressure with your uh, with your fingers to produce notes, um, the tension that you put on the bow, uh, and the angle at which you apply the bow to the strings. It's it's uh, it's really really precise, and it's a really demanding instrument to play. But um, yeah, it, it was definitely uh, something I really enjoyed, and um, yeah, it's a challenging instrument. If I were to try and play right now, it would be that's what I wanted uh, to ask you about. So, not so great. We'll give you we'll give you a beer, and we'll give you a little something. What 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 could you what could you make that thing sound like? Oh gosh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing that you would probably. Uh, want to hear over a beer maybe something that you would want to hear over like a really fancy glass of champagne or something yeah perfect. <laughs> i never really got into the uh devil went down to georgia um <laughs> kind of stuff just really because that stuff's really hard oh i bet i bet it is I, I just wanted to touch on one other thing you are a product of the university of illinois and the phenomenal program put together by our good friend coach mike small Talk to us a little bit about that program and some of the great players like yourself that have come out of there. I mean, you won the NCAA championship, I think, your last year in 2010. Was that your senior year, I think, wasn't it? That was my junior year. Your junior year, okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Coach Small is just, uh, in in my opinion, um, the the best college coach. in golf and you know I, obviously I'm biased because I learned from him and uh, he coached me and, and I didn't play for any other coach but just uh, I can't imagine anyone being 
being better. Um, he, he really, he really cares about his players. Um, and he always had this ability to really get us ready for the big events. It, it always seemed like our team really peaked, uh, when the chips are on the table, um, you know, big 10 championships, uh, NCAA regionals, um, Unfortunately, as a team, we underachieved a little bit, I think, at Nationals. I think that our best finish was uh, we made it to the Elite Eight in match play one year. Um, I always felt like we could have done better as a team at Nationals. But um, in terms of the big tournaments in our conference and, and uh, our Big Ten record, it was um, certainly uh, really strong. Um, but, you know, coach's experience as a player, um, his knowledge of uh, technique and coaching, like physically the golf swing, um, combined with uh, just, you know, this really just blue collar mentality. Um, he really instilled in all of us. And, uh, you know, we, we always would play with a really kind of a healthy chip on our shoulder. Um, being a Northern school, uh, we really felt like we had something to prove every time we teed it up. And uh, I think it was, a product of the hunger that coach put in us to uh, to really go out and try and achieve something special and show that a Northern school could compete with, uh, with anybody, um, even though we couldn't play on the golf course all year round. Yeah, it's, it's just really great stuff. I, I'm not sure the folks um, around the Midwest can appreciate what a great program they, they have there. Well, Scott, I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to come on the show with me. One of the things that's always stuck out of my mind is your association with the first tee. You're the only player thus far to go through a first tee program and make it onto the PGA Tour. We just wish you all the best of luck, man. We can't wait for you to get playing soon and, and uh, come back by St. Louis and uh, and hang out. Thank you, Jay. Yeah, I, I appreciate it and uh, love. I really appreciate all the support I always get from all my friends in St. Louis and uh, – and I look forward to uh, coming back soon and hopefully hopefully playing some golf in St. Louis next time I'm in town. Okay, John. So here's a guy. Tell me, tell me that that disposition and that oh, personality isn't, like, ideal for playing great golf. I mean, that's, all I was, that's all I was thinking about listening to the interview. That's all I was thinking about is and it's, it's so not like me. And I'm thinking, you know, that he's just he's just calm. It's just smooth. It's uh, it's just low key. Um, yeah, that's exactly the way I was looking at it, Jay. Yeah. So here's the thing. What about when he dropped the violin on you? I mean, when I, I, I when I, did... I thought to myself, now I know where our problem was because <laughs> it has anything, anything to do with the violin, and then he gets into more the the techniques and the de- details, because I know nothing about a violin, and all the moving parts and all the things and the different angles, I'm thinking, that's why this never worked out. Somebody, yeah. I was listening to ACDC, and, you know, we were listening exactly. to Led Zeppelin, and he's a, he's no wonder my uh, my tempo gets a little wacky. I, I now, gotta, when, he, when he talks about devil go down to Georgia, now I can relate a little bit to that, but he said that's not what he does. I'm thinking, well, I can't relate to that. No, that's right. You could relate for one minute, but... Um, um, what I what I want to talk a little bit about, John, is the fact that Mike Small, Coach Small, mm. and the University of Illinois, they built a powerhouse program with developing an in- incredible 
nationwide reputation, even worldwide reputation now as a great program, Champaign, Illinois. Yeah, not not a mecca for golf by any stretch, uh, but make sure when we're talking about this a little bit, what a great player Mike is. I got to play with him one time, and I, I knew he was good. He's won the Club Pro Series, whatever those different things are. He's played on tour. This guy's world-class player. I guess he just, that's not the lifestyle he wanted. Yeah, no, he's really, really good. He's played some on the Champions Tour, had a little bit of success, kind of got screwed a little bit because of the numbers and the way that the Champions Tour is closed sure. up. But, um, yeah, the, what they're doing over there, Justin Barger, uh is a former uh, Missouri State Amateur champion and is now working as one of their head recruiters for Mike really? Small. Yeah, I'm going to have Justin on the show. i got to tell you another thing that Scott Langley reminded me of. Chris Nagel. I played golf with Chris Nagel about a week ago from the back tees at Norwood on a cool, blustery day. He fired a little 65. No bo- bogey-free 65, and I went, I'm not even familiar with that game anymore. That is, It was just spectacular to watch, and unfortunately, I had to dig in my pocket a little bit, and I did not like that, John. So now, how does that guy not make it? Well, you know, he, ah, it's hard to, it's, that's, a, that's a head-scratcher. I am a gigantic Chris Nagel fan, and he's going to be on the show also. I don't know. I don't know. He is. He struggled for years and years with his putting, and we actually worked a little bit together with his putting. And now he is, and I'm not taking any credit for that, but we have talked about putting, and and we have spent some time on the putting green, and he is just playing great. He is just playing great. He he finished a hundred. He finished ninetieth in money last year. The top hundred are exempt, but. Yeah, they do this. They have a point system now in the Corn Ferry, and he wound up finishing like 103. And so he wound oh, up geez. kind of getting shuffled out of there because of the points and not the money. So, oh, geez. Yeah, but um, really good maybe player. He needs, maybe, he needs a, maybe he needs a caddy to get him around the course a little bit better or something. If he could hit it that good and putt that good, something, something just one little spark left to get him rolling. Yeah, he uh, and he hits it long. Oh my gosh, he hit one one drive. I hit pretty good, and he hit one. I go, did you hit that any good? He goes, yeah, I hit it real good, about fifty five yards in front of me, Pearl. Yeah, I'm glad you know how it feels. So there you go. Yeah, I didn't like it much. How's it feel to you when not I do that, that to you? Not, not that not good. Ever. No, it, it, no, not ever. No, it's appropriate that it happens, but it never feels right. It never does. Nope. I kind of I started looking at my ball. I'm like, it's there's something wrong with this ball. Well, no, not that ball. Yeah. Not the not the not the sniper. No. There's nothing wrong with the sniper ball. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Meat likes his. I snuck a few over to meat a couple weeks ago. Best ball I've ever hit. Yeah, yeah, that's good meat. He probably enjoyed it in Whitmore too. That's all that's all you well, you know, that was in between lunch and dinner. (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. Well, that's gonna do it for the uh, the back nine. Stay with us. We got a uh, we got Doc on Whack and Chase on the 19th hole. Uh, we'll be back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. This is Dan McLaughlin, TV voice of the Cardinals. St. Louis is one of the best sports cities in the country. We also have a tremendous history of supporting professional golf. We're excited to bring golf back to St. Louis with the inaugural Ascension Charity Classic, September 28th through October 4th at Norwood Hills Country Club. Don't miss your chance to see PGA Tour champion legends. Proceeds will benefit St. Louis area youth, including the Urban League, Mary Grove, the Boys and Girls Club, and more. For tickets and sponsorship information, head to ascensioncharityclassic.com. 
For the last 48 years, Pro-Am Golf has been providing outstanding customer service to the greater St. Louis area for all of our golf needs, from top-of-the-line equipment to full-service club repair lessons and instructions. They now have their own retail outlet, as well as state-of-the-art computers, cameras, and things to customize all of your personal club fitting needs. Pro-Am Golf carries all the major brands. They also have the latest fashion trends from Puma Golf. Whatever your needs, Pro-Am Golf will meet them and have the best customer service in the industry. Call us at 314-781-7775 or find us at ProAmGolfUSA.com. USA Mortgage is doing it again. Joe Schieser and his staff have lowered rates again this month, and they will waive closing costs. If you want to refinance to get cash out, lower your rate, shorten your term, or eliminate that costly, unnecessary mortgage insurance. If you are purchasing a property, they can issue a pre-approval letter within minutes. They are the largest mortgage company in the state of Missouri, and their volume allows them to quote the lowest rates. Don't waste your time with the national online brokers. USA Mortgage is employee-owned and operated right here in St. Louis. Joe Schieser has closed over $500 million in loans in nearly 30 years in the business and over $2 million alone to Delsings. I want to thank Donahue Painting and Refinishing for supporting the show. When I was out playing golf, in my mind, I would see a picture that I wanted, and I'd try to hit the shot the way it was painted in my mind. The way you see your home is what Donahue Painting and Refinishing can make your home look like. Grab your friends, a cold one, and pull up a chair. We're on to the 19th hole on golf with Jay Delsing. The 19th hole is brought to you by Sniper Brand Golf. Welcome back. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. I'm your host, Jay. I got Pearly with me. And we are headed to the 19th hole that's brought to you by Sniper Golf. You got to get out and try the F20DR golf ball. It is fantastic. And, Mead, how do you like that lo- that, laser- that uh, logo? Oh, it's it's freaking phenomenal. It is man. a cool logo it, for golf. It's yeah. a little sniper crosshairs. You guys, you got to try it. And nobody really else cool. on the course has it. No. Nope, it's really cool. So, uh, what do we got? Nobody else on this show has it. (laughs) (laughs) Mead, what do we, uh, gosh, I thought thought Burley's mic was off. Um, What do we got? Who we got on Whack and Chase today? Jay John, Whack and Chase is back yet again. Doc is on the line with us. Hey, Doc. Hey, Doc. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. I wish my golf game was better. Well, Well, that's why you're calling. You got the right spot. I hope so. <laughs> so, Doc, uh, well, first of all, thanks again for calling and thanks for listening to the show. Um, so what we do on Whack and Chase is um, people call in and, and, and tell us, you know, some of the, the biggest struggles that they're having. And then uh, John will ask some um, really pointed. important pointed questions. Thank you. And you can decide on whether they're important <laughs> or pointed when you're finished. And then um, we'll go to a solve. That sounds great. Okay. So, Doc, what's what? What do you want to ask Jay? Uh, what's the big uh, dilemma you've got going? Uh, and let's let him have some time to to stew on it and chew on it a little bit. Well, the biggest problem I seem to have is off the tee, and you know, I I don't know if it's because I got a longer club and I want to hit it farther, but it seems or feels like I'm coming over the top, and I'm coming over the top so badly that I've hit some balls so far left that the guys I'm playing with go, if you want to go look for it, you can, but we're not coming. <laughs> nice guys in that group. They know, you guys know each other for a while at that. You know what's interesting about that, Doc and John? If you're playing with a bunch of strangers, guys you just got paired up with on the first tee, they're going to go over there and help you. Yeah. But you're paired with friends and they've known you well enough, Doc, and they're going to go, nope, you're on your own over there. I hit them so far left sometimes, I don't want to go look. <laughs> I've been there with you, unfortunately. 
Well, Doc, let me get a couple of questions out to you. First, tell us a little bit about your background relative to golf. Uh, when did you start playing? How long have you been playing? And what do you shoot now? Well, unfortunately, when I was in high school, I was one of the better junior golfers in St. Louis. And um, I actually played at State. And because I was one of the top qualifiers in St. Louis, I played my uh, sophomore and junior year in, with Tom Watson in the first group. Um, he was better than I was. I didn't realize how much better. Um, then I went to the University of Texas, and I found out that uh, Tom Kite and some of those other guys were also better than I was. And I decided were, I better get an education. Doc, so were you down playing. at were you down at UT with uh, Kite and Crunchow? Well, Ben is two years younger, so Tom and I are the same age. Which if people know how old he is, and unfortunately they know how old I am. <laughs> and uh, and so. I went to medical school, and I didn't play for about 18 years. And when I started playing again, like any athlete, I thought, well, this will be a no-brainer. And um, the ball was going in many different directions. And, um, you know, I probably got down to about a nine handicap in my, you know, late 30s. And then I would tell you, after that, it just seems like every year it kind of crept up. And, um, you know, I, I don't know whether it's – as you get older, it seems like your brain starts to get in the way. And, again, you think too much about what you're doing wrong. And I think early on one of the bad things I did is I tried to correct it myself with what I thought was wrong, um, but not really knowing what was wrong other than the feeling I got that I was, you know, kind of coming over the top of the ball. You know, sometimes I would feel like, well, I'm swinging too fast. I'm not staying behind the ball. Um, I'm, I'm getting too risky. And so, you know, I've done everything from gone to bigger grips to smaller grips to wearing a golf glove on both hands. Um, it kind of reminds me of tin cup. I feel like maybe I should tie my shoelace together. But, <laughs> but I will tell you, the problem continues to exist uh, and seems to be worse when, you know, the, you're playing, you know, a game with your friends and, and you know, that dollar, it's amazing how much that dollar will make you seem to grip the club tighter and swing faster and think more. And um, like I said, it just has been a real problem over the last, you know, many years. Have you taken any uh, lessons, Doc? I, I have, and, and they have really helped. Um, you know, part of it was... What, what did they help? Well, it, it, you know, one of the problems, uh, you know, that our pro, Daryl Hardig, had kind of shown me at Westwood was that I was getting the club two inside, taking it back. And so in order to try to catch up, that was causing the problem some. Um, and so that I don't come over the top as much anymore. And that's what's frustrating because the good drives are terrific and the bad drives are still horrible. Well, that's tough. That's tough. So they, they, they gave you some, uh, after you got the lessons, did it help for a little bit and then kind of go back or did it just help in general and you improved a bit? Uh, I would tell you, in general, it helped, uh, and and I improved. Um, and you know, it's it's that thing, and I hate to admit it, but you know, it it got down to the point where I would tell you, you know, eighty percent of my drives seemed to be over the top. And at that point, you know, rather than doing it when a third of them are, you know, to go get that that professional help, and uh, you know, so it seemed rather dramatic initially, and. You know, again, you play and you feel like, well, maybe when I get tired, I'm doing it. And, um, you know, I, I, 
if if I had anything I would suggest to people, the more lessons you take and and the sooner you try to get things fixed, the better. Um, you know, I, I back when I was a teenager, most guys didn't have golf teachers or instructors. I mean, you you know, not like you know Tom Watson or or you know Tom Kite, um, and and so consequently you, you tried to fix things yourself and. You know, pros take lessons. They have coaches. It must be a good idea. <laughs> Doc, it sounds like, man, you've got a lot running through that, that brain of yours. It's it's probably, what, Pearlie, what do you think, 75 to 90% smarter than most golfers because he's a he's a doctor and has bigger capacity that's than part most of, that, of us. That's part of the challenge is what I'm hearing here. And I, I wrote down right at the top here when I started taking my notes uh, from Doc, no thinking allowed. Right. Well, well, no, and you know, Jay once mentioned to me about Bob Rotella's books, and I will tell you that clearly with my putting helped tremendously, and, and there's no doubt in my mind. So if you guys have a way of trying to explain to me how you can take your brain out of it, being a doctor, I keep thinking pills will do it. I just don't know which pills to take. <laughs> you, Doc, you got to write yourself a prescription. That's uh, that's all the pro- that's that that takes care of everything. No, I think I think what we're talking about here is there's a thing on the tour we used to call paralysis through analysis, and you get to going through parts of this. John, you have been on the bag with me before, where. You know, I will I I will say something to you, and we'll have this conversation, and then the next thing we know, we both look at each other like this this is the wrong area yeah, we need to be we need there. to be diving into yep. because it's it, it goes back to the sport aspect of it, Doc. What reminds me of the best thing that you said when you were in high school, and you knew less about the golf swing. You obviously your body was a little younger. You played, you know, you you were a little more supple, maybe a little more powerful, whatever, but. There wasn't, though, you weren't encumbered by all of these thoughts and all of these. Sometimes taking lessons is really good unless you try to, you know, you, you, you try to work on something and blend it into what you have or you make that lesson bigger than everything else. And we've seen this time and time and time again. The object of this game is to take this ball from the first tee and put it in the hole in as few strokes as possible, period. Well, and, I mean, you know, it, was, it wasn't a perfect day in St. Louis today, but it was good enough to play golf. And because it was a little colder and I couldn't think so much, I actually hit the ball pretty good. And I really believe that you probably hit the nail on the head. I, I honestly think that, you know, and everybody has those holes if they play the same course a lot. Where you get up there, and if you have you don't like that hole, so you start to think a little bit too much, and I really believe you hit the nail on the head. I think sometimes I get paralyzed over the ball, thinking of what I've done in the past and what I need to do to hopefully not do that again. Well, Doc, sometimes the task, because our brain gets so engaged, is it makes the task seem monumental, and instead you're like, wait a second. When I was a kid, all I looked, all I did was look down at this ball and try to hit it as hard as I can. And so, the one thing that I will say for you, for people that come over the top, so the the game, and this is a, a lesson that I think you'll like because it's only uh, you can only judge it by the feel. You've got to initiate your downswing with your legs, your lower body. So so many times when I see amateurs swinging 
and come and, and literally do come over the top and the ball does start left like yours does, it's because her lower body is almost dead. And if you think of a baseball player uh, uh, swinging a bat or you think of a hockey player shooting a slap shot or you think of a tennis player hitting a ground stroke and you think of a golfer starting their swing, the lower body is so similar except in golf we don't move the feet. We don't step into the shot like the other sports do. But the hips need to start, Doc, and they need to clear, and that will definitely get your ball uh, started right of your target and coming back with that little draw that you're looking for. Realizing that I'm smarter now, is there any kind of key that I can think about to start those hips? I mean, do you think about moving the left hip, or do you think about the you know, right you know so, 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 Doc, there's, a, there's that little step drill that I like to tell people. But if you watch the players on the PGA Tour, Doc, they have a little tilt in their setup. So their, their head and their, uh, the buttons on their golf shirt tilt ever so slightly to the right for right-handed golfers. Okay. So, it, so what that is, Doc, is that sets you naturally slightly behind the ball. At address, and if you're coming over the top of it, you and you said this yourself, you feel like your right shoulder is fast. It's too far out in front, and you don't have anything behind the ball. That little tilt will help tremendously. But there's a step drill that we can uh, that we can talk about. Pearly, you worked on the step. Yeah, drill. I love the step drill. Absolutely. Yeah, get your feet uh, together. Uh-huh. And uh, take that step, leave the club back there, and you're going to feel much more like a baseball player. But then you're going to feel that lag between the lower body and the upper body, and uh, you'll start bombing a few. Yeah, Doc, it goes like this. You put your feet about a foot distance apart, okay? And as you start to take the club back, when the club gets to about waist high, you take your, your right-handed golfer, you take your left foot and step about a foot forward or to to your left down your line right. while your club is still going back doc this reminds me pearl every single time i think of this i think of sam sneed doc sam sneed in, an, in one of the first golf videos i ever watched we were talking about how much he used his legs and he when his backswing was start uh was was going to the top doc when he started his legs going to the left and and starting his hip drive the club ticked seven more frames to the top of his swing. So what that is, and John and I, we've talked about this a hundred times, that's the dynamic that we're looking for in our swing. That's our body moving two ways at the same time, and that gives you, creates so much power. Well, it's going to be cold this weekend, but I guarantee you I'm going to be out on that seat, <laughs> at least hit a few with that step drill. Well, you got to call me and let me know how that goes. I'll do that. Hey, Doc, now this is how we sign off on Whack and Chase. If, if John and I have helped you, we want you to tell everybody, your, uh, all of your friends at Westwood, tell, uh, tell your wife, tell everybody that knows anything about us, tell the newspaper. But if you keep hitting that other, that lousy drive to the left, you've got to tell them we never met. Well, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can get it in our newsletter. <laughs> Let them know it fixed me. They get lots of calls. Fantastic, Doc. Thanks so much. Thanks, for, Doc. Thanks for playing with us. All right, guys. Thank you. Yeah. Guys. Well, another whack and chase in the books and another show in the books. Pearly, uh, keep looking in the mail for those sniper go- <laughs> golf balls. Oh, yeah. Well, next time we call, see if I answer. Let's just do it that way. <laughs> All right, cool. Meet, uh, thanks so much for, for keeping us together and keeping us on time here. And, folks, thanks so much for listening. We will be back next week. This is Golf with Jay Delsing. Hit him straight, St. Louis. 
That was Golf with Jay Delsing, brought to you by Whitmore Country Club. Tune in next Sunday for more from Jay, John, and the other pros and experts from the golf world. In the meantime, you can find all of Jay's shows at 101ESPN.com as well as at jdelsinggolf.com.